Mariah Mundy stepped into the long, thin railway carriage and for several moments blinked his eyes in the bright light. Swirls of steam and the sound of the stoking engine rattled the neat wooden floor of the corridor that appeared to run the length of the train. It was ghostly empty, as had been the platform where he had waited patiently for the last train to take him to the coast. He had watched the old beast arrive. Out of the dark and stormy night, it had juddered along the track and under the large canopy of glass and halted abruptly at platform five. A heavy engine drew six dark and grubby coaches covered in dirt and mildew, so that it looked like an old leviathan rising from the depths of darkness. The guard had jumped from the mail van and shouted out the destinations and connections in his gruff voice. A large moustache curled from his top lip to under his chin, and a long pipe arched from his scaly chops. Mariah had watched as the man had wiped the grease from his hands upon the oily black waistcoat that held in his bulging belly. With every shallow breath that the man gulped, its buttons looked as if they were on the verge of popping as they heaved and strained. Now, as Mariah stood in the glare of the carriage, he hesitated, unsure as to what he should do. The coach was much brighter than he had thought. A narrow gas lamp lit the drab walls and window blinds, billowing gusts of hot air that rolled across the ceiling of the coach and out of the open door. He looked again at the painted sign on the glass pane. First class. He read the words on the ticket and matched the carriage to the number that had been scrawled in thick black ink by the hand of the old fat ticket collector at King's Cross. Coach number one, compartment three, Seat number two. First class. Cautiously, he counted the seats and looked at the silver-numbered tags that marked each place. In his own seat sat a tall man with a muscular frame, wearing the uniform of an army officer and with a thick scar across his right cheek. Mariah studied him as he took the seat opposite, holding out his ticket as if at any moment he would be challenged and the ticket would be snatched from him, condemning him to the wooden benches of third class, just short of the mail van. He had set off to travel north from London early that morning. In his hand he had clutched a ticket, presented the day before by Jeremiah Bilton, headmaster of Chiswick Colonial School, which had been his home for seven years. Mariah's parents had travelled to Sudan and had never returned. They had paid in advance, and so, even on their death two years before, Mariah had been allowed to stay until he had reached his fifteenth birthday.